What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. And in studio, the palatial <laughs> Berkshire Studios is Carrie. Hello. Just just talk. Just talk about Pokemon, for Christ's sake. Okay. That's why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm starting on Checked Out. So yeah, Pokemon Ultra Sun came out uh, this past Friday. Um, so I, I do... I do like it because it's Pokemon, um, but a lot of people are comparing it, I think, fairly to when they did Black 2 and White 2, um, which were sort of like, hey, the new system, which at the time was the 3DS, is out, but like we haven't had enough time to develop for this yet. So basically so that they don't have like a two and a half year layover between Pokemon games or whatever, they they release Black 2 and White 2 as sort of a carryover. And Black 2 and White 2 was really cool. It was a direct sequel. It was a continuation of the storyline from the first Black and White. Uh, All the characters that you saw in the first game have now aged a few years. Some of them are now gym leaders. Some of them are now, like, the professor's assistant. You have a new rival. There's new towns and whatnot. Um, Ultra Sun Moon is not that. Um, It's basically, like platinum or crystal or emerald um they tweaked the storyline a little bit but other than that it's the same (laughs) the trial captains are all the same the storyline is basically the same thing i wonder Um, if that's why they decided to go with the two or, or not go with the two numbering and call yeah. it like Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is the best version of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some surprises, like I'm finding Pokemon in places where they weren't in Sun and Moon. So like But what but what you're telling me is we're in the past. Uh-huh. They would have made Pokemon stars yes. and just come out with one game. Mm-hmm. They're Lady now two. double dipping yeah, they, on the double dip, basically. Double dips. They, that's yeah, that's interesting. Dips. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, now, keep in mind, I am uh, like I just passed the ghost type trial. So, for those of you who played um, Sun and Moon, um, you should know where that is. Um, so, I haven't really gotten to the point in the story that focuses real hard on Necrozma and like the new forms of that and whatnot. So. We'll see. Um, But, you know, ultimately, it's basically like, here's a fucking Pokemon game for the holiday season because we're not going to have Pokemon on Switch until probably early 2019. 2019? That's what I would expect. Hmm. I thought that was always a fall release, though. That's no, because Pokemon X and Y released in like March. They did? Yeah. The last the last three Hmm. like sets of games so mm. like ultra sun ultra moon sun and moon and then um omega ruby alpha sapphire have all been november releases but x and y was like a spring release hmm. so i don't remember that far back yep so but um yeah i mean they are perfectly okay it's it's satiating my need to play a new pokemon game even though it's kind of the same experience new pokemon yeah, new game big yes. air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like, I'm not mad about it. I'm playing with a very different team than what I did in the first go through on Sun, so it's fine. Okay, I'm having a fine time. Um, and if you didn't play Sun or Moon, just pick up Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon instead. Is the same price? Or yeah, yeah, forty bucks. Yep. 
Well, shut up! Like you're like you're gonna yeah, fucking right. dust off your 3ds to fucking no, play Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't I'm lie. Not going to do it at all. I'm don't lie. Do Inst- in- instead, you have been playing Wolfenstein, but not <laughs> not the new Wolfenstein, but rather the old Wolfenstein. Not the new one yet. So Black Friday pre Black Friday sales happened, and uh, I bought all of Dishonored for thirty two dollars, and I bought uh, all of Wolfenstein for 45 dollars that's and, not bad uh, yeah i mean you know hey uh order came out in 2013 2014 yeah i think it was 2014 i know and, it was when i was still working at gamestop so it could not have been any later than 2014 <laughs> it's um and it's a shooter man it's it's it is not bare bones but it's it's back to basics you know there's no gimmicks there's you know, BJ BJ Cena can carry every fucking gun ever, and he can dual wield guns that hold that need two hands to hold for some strange reason. Um, but it's it's killing Nazis, man. It's killing Nazis in an alternate future where the Nazis won, or an alternate past where the Nazis won, and um. Killing Nazis is really, really satisfying, guys. I mean, like, yeah, it's topical. Yeah, that's why I got it. I was like, you know what? (laughs) Let me support these people. They're going on Twitter promoting their game as let's kill Nazis. Like I said, you talk about steering into a skid, like that marketing campaign for the second (laughs) round. Yeah, man. So I was like, you know what? I will reward these people for striking while the iron is hot, which unfortunately. The, that hot iron is the fact that we have Nazis just roaming around America. Um, and I will buy these games. And yeah, man, they're kind of fun. Uh, the first one is, I'm playing the first one right now. Um, there's only one thing that annoys me. When you're walking around, like you have to literally press a button to pick up ammo and armor. Like you can't just walk over it and get it. And it's kind of annoying because I have to point the gun, you know, at the at the piece of ammo that I want to pick for the majority of the time. Hmm. It's, it's like that Borderlands style. Thing. Yeah. Or like yeah. Fallout or. Yeah. And I don't like that. Not in something that is a little more fast paced than than a Fallout. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, BJ is BJ is an OK dude. He's he is a thick-headed uh like a he he's he has what i call a thumb neck if you hold your thumb up like and you draw a little face on it and then that's just the head right like yeah neck. that's fair the shape, the shape of a thumb but he's he's got a a husky sort of build to him yeah yeah everybody's like like this game relishes in in, in nazi killing and uh yeah i think we all need a little nazi killing in our lives so yeah, I'll be playing that, and then I'll get started on the second one, and then I'll give Dishonored a try again because I, I I just could not see what it was in that game. But um, I don't think you're gonna like Dishonored still. Mm. Like, I don't think it's gonna change your mind. Well, we'll see. I'm Money wasted. Play. The mic away. Hey. <laughs> so c- couple a uh, couple of housekeeping notes I have to get through. We have a five star review from Ooh. our friend. Across the pond, Kadeem. Oh, snap. You're welcome. Uh, I thought I'd left the review already. Oh, well, better late than never. 
This is a great show. The hosts are knowledgeable and quite humorous sometimes as well as being pretty cool people. I'm definitely not saying this because I know them and share a birthday with one of them. Well worth a listen. <laughs> Who does he share a birthday with? I don't know. I think it's probably Terrence. Okay. I don't think I don't think it's me. Oh, how unfortunate. I don't think it's me. And I will still thank Kadeem, even though he has poor choice in soccer clubs that he chooses to follow. But I don't who hold does, that against him. Who does he follow? He follows the Arsenal, who are awful. Oh, well, that's why I like Kadeem. <laughs> he follows the team that I pretend to follow. <laughs> well, you are wearing red on this uh yeah, so on this you. show, that's also true. But I'm wearing, <laughs> but I, but I have the caps logo on my red shirt. Um, if you've not signed up for premium content, do yourself a favor and and us too, and go to densepixels.com/slash/premium and sign up for just five dollars a month or fifty dollars for the whole year. Uh, this trio just recorded the most recent episode of the Men of the Golden Tongues, where we reviewed Quantum of Solace. Uh, it was a very good episode, and it will release <laughs> sometime in the next week or two. Even if the movie, not so much. Uh, the Look Forward Political Show has become must-listen every single week with Jay and Andy. Uh, you can listen to the first hour of that for free, by the way, in a separate feed. But if you want the whole show, you got to subscribe. You also get the airing grievances, which I would assume you guys are going to be getting back to recording sometime soon. Here, Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting on Jay to not be busy. Uh, Good luck. It is the season this time yeah, of year. It's, it's, it's a bad time of year, but uh we will have one out before the end of the year i promise <laughs> <laughs> and, of, and of course uh, no time to bleed as well plus you get weekly episodes of the nerdpocalypse podcast on youtube as well if that is your bag so like i said five dollars a month fifty dollars for the whole year to sign up for that and then of course if you are not subscribed to our youtube channel shame on you do it fix it right now youtube.com slash dense pixels hit the subscribe button this podcast gets released every single week on YouTube for free, and any other video features that we do will also find their way onto the channel as well. YouTube.com slash Dense Pixels. Um, not a big release week this week, as one would imagine. During Black Friday week, there's not usually a lot of stuff that comes out. Um, Axiom Verge, which has been available digitally for a couple years now at least. Yeah, I, like I saw this on the docket, and I was like, it's getting a retail release. Oh, okay. And for the Switch also. It's coming out for the Switch Neat. in addition to the PS4. Uh, uh, Micah, you'll like this. This is a Metroidvania-style game, a.k.a. a Metroid-style game. Thank you. But uh, but it's but it's very good. It got it got rave reviews when it came out. Um, on the digital networks, Microsoft did not update their post this week, so fuck them. Uh, but PlayStation did. You get Battle of the Bulge, uh, which is a turn-based World War II strategy game. Uh, you get Monster of the Deep, VR, the Final Fantasy fishing mini game that they made for vr i have a friend who has been eagerly awaiting this because she has a psvr and she's just like oh i get to go out with all my final fantasy boyfriends Mm. and we get to go fishing neat she's excited because she has a game to play yeah that's basically it (laughs) remember remember when final when square said they were actually going to do like real vr stuff for final fantasy and instead, we got we got Final Fantasy Pro Bass Fisherman. <laughs> Good job. And then uh, another interesting one, Planet of the Apes Lost Frontier. This is a narrative adventure game that was actually developed by a motion capture studio owned by none other than Andy Serkis. Interesting. So if you like uh, those Telltale style games and you like the, the storyline from the recent Planet of the Apes films, this might be worth a look. Yeah, that, I feel like that has the potential to be uh, not terrible. 
yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I, I'll be curious to see what reviews say. Um, just one new game announcement this week. They did announce today that Valkyria Chronicles 4 uh, is coming in 2018 to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. This is really funny because I had a lot of friends who were like, oh, neat. And then they were like, wait, there was a Valkyria Chronicles 3? Well, there was. It was that Valkyria, Valkyria Revolution game that yeah. came out that was not so much the the like turn-based strategy style and apparently this one's going back to that right. so that this is all you purists out there <laughs> that were let down by valkyrie revolution i played valkyrie chronicles one um it was okay i could see myself but and especially like again putting stuff like this on a console that i want to play it on does wonders i couldn't get through much of valkyrie chronicles on P- playstation 4 because that's not the type of game that i play on my ps4 i will play the shit out of this <laughs> on some nintendo switch though so yeah, do do more of that. It'll be interesting. I'm interested to see if Sega once again puts characters from Skies of Arcadia in the series. <laughs> I wouldn't know who they are anyway, so it wouldn't, uh, yeah. it wouldn't affect well, me one little bit. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Another one of those games only I care about. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot to mention Terrence is on assignment. Um, that's why he's not here today. So I guess I'll have to also read some headlines for us as well. Um. GameStop put a full uh, a temporary stop on their all you can rent used game subscription service called Power Pass. Hmm. They didn't really think that one through. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so apparently like I said the pro- <laughs> the program launched um on November 19th, but then they had to stop the that later that day um temporarily. Not a lot of reason was given at least as of now. Um, basically GameStop did put out a statement, um, when they were pressed for comment that says, quote, we have elected to temporarily pause the rollout of the new power pass subscription service based on a few program limitations we have identified. We feel this is the right thing to do for now to ensure we, we are able to provide our guests with an exceptional service. And if you already purchased the pass, um, you were able to get a refund on it. And aren't they also giving you like a free game as well as sort of an apology? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like actually. Yeah, they can pick any, any pre-owned game for free. Doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't necessarily have to be the one that you checked out as well. Right. Wow. When you sign up for the service. So it's not a yeah, terrible apology. Yeah, I mean it, it looks like there just there were just some kinks that and, and this happens with companies sometimes when you when you test something in a small modality. Um that's all I can say about that. Well do you guys have anything to say about uh, it? as Carrie, but, do you do you feel that um do you feel like the problem what do you think the the actual problem was was it the you can keep the game thing or was it cuz it, is gamefly still around this is essentially the gamefly model gamefly right? is still around and i Games, think this gamefly is, does movies now by the yeah. way like you can rent dvds and blu-rays from them cuz that works really well for blockbuster <laughs> um, but yeah i think Having my years of experience with the GameStop systems that uh, I have under my belt, um, I I think it's mostly like that whatever system they're using to keep track of who has the power pass and whatnot um, probably just like wasn't tested properly. And when they tried to roll it out to all stores, it just shit the bed. Yeah, those things aren't supposed to be transferable right like there had to be a way that you could limit the limit the um i'm I'm very curious to find out what exactly failed on uh 
on the the power pass uh, debacle because um, if the GameFly model is still working, I can't imagine that why it is working, but it's working. One, one assumes it was probably more of a logistical issue yeah, I than think anything it, with the program itself. Yeah, I don't think okay. it's anything with the program. I think like when they announced it, people were like, oh, wow, GameStop's doing something that people actually want. Wow, that's fucking news. Um, but I, I think... Knowing GameStop, something probably just like broke on the store end of things and they weren't able to actually roll out the system into as many stores all at once as Mm -hmm. they possibly wanted to. So I hope it works. It's something I was interested in um, because I don't always like to keep games after I play them, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, good so luck, GameStop. Said we'll see when he comes back. Um, Nintendo and Illumination Entertainment reportedly are in talks to bring a full-featured Mario movie to the silver screen. Now, Illumination uh, is best known for the Despicable Me and Minions movies. Um, and, yeah, right now they are allegedly in talks to do a Mario movie, much in the same style. Uh, thank God they're going with an animated CG movie and not, you know, what happened in the early 90s. <laughs> and uh, one assumes that this news is probably true because when reached for comment, Nintendo said, quote, we have nothing to announce on this topic. Which oh, is- well, <laughs> 100% done deal. then, Right. right. Um how excited are you about this, Carrie? I mean, um, I fucking hate minions flat out. Uh, they're the worst. Um, but I at least have to give credit to the production company because, like, those movies look good. Um, so, assuming that those are the people who would be working on a Mario film, um, that's fine. I think CG is probably the way to go. Um, I think if you can you know, make them look like how they looked in Odyssey. Neat. But until I see a trailer, um, I'm not going to get my hopes up too terribly much. Are you seeing this, Micah? Um, Probably. I would probably check this out. Uh, I would have to do a little bit of research as to uh, uh, who is writing it. Because like you I said, Carrie. That's the most important part. Yeah, like you said. It's going to look fine, right? I'm not worried about that. Uh, I, too, cannot stand the minions. Um, <laughs> uh, it, and neither of you guys have kids. That's the thing that baffles me. <laughs> like, I'm the one that suffers through this bullshit <laughs> on a regular... Like, I, like, like, Despicable Me has been the movie that my son continually... Like, that's the movie this month oh, for good. him, basically, that he continually pulls out and wants to watch over and over <laughs> again. Um, I don't have kids, but I have seen a couple of those movies, so I'll let you figure out why. Where? <laughs> At uh, home. I'll let you figure because, out. Because, because, because a good friend of his might have wanted to watch them. <laughs> good friend. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely check this out, uh, with a caveat that it is being written by, uh, people that I think are funny. Now here's now here's a question for both of you. Do they get Charles Martinet to do the voice or do they get somebody else? Oh. They would get someone else. I think I think they would get someone else, but I, I think, think that should. 
that would piss off I a lot of the fan base. I don't know if they should get use Charles Martinet. And here's why. Because Charles Martinet, it's not like he's ever spoken long lines of dialogue no. as Mario. Like, it's only, woohoo, or, you know, just making his little Mario noises. Right. Um, meanwhile, we have had media, animated media, where Mario did speak, you know. Like the cartoon. Yeah. Like the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yes. <laughs> uh, much superior to the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, by the way, was the Super Mario Brothers 3 cartoon. Oh, yeah. That also came out that I can't find anywhere. You but can find look, the Super Show on Netflix. If if they don't have do the Mario as the credits to this movie. That's also true. Yeah, I'm they probably burning should do down that. the theater. <laughs> wait, is, wait is, is Captain Lou Abano still alive? No, he's, oh, long he's dead. dead okay. Yeah, I think he's I think he's been long dead. Uh, <sighs> That's unfortunate. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a Mario that sounds like uh, that sounds like like he's not gonna be that high pitched. You know, no matter who they get, they're not gonna get a high pitched. You know, guy. <laughs> I like. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can do that for I an hour know. and a half. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think uh, uh, it would fool people, especially if they go to like New Donk City in the movie, and then you know you just raise a bunch of questions about you know the regular heighted people versus like the squatty Mario. And, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, you'll probably get a guy. You'll probably get a guy who kind of sounds like this. You know, no, that's way too low. Like I need, <laughs> I need Mario to have like the Waku high pitched voice, or I'm gonna be upset. Yeah, I think this is my, here's the thing. Call it right now. I'm going to nitpick the shit out of this movie. Oh, everybody will. They're, like, like you were only going to appease half of the fan base for this film with just that one mm-hmm. aspect alone. Yeah, with the voice. So I think I think you're going to get uh, an animated Bob Hoskins performance. That's what <laughs> I think you'll get. But Bob Hoskins Mario is Mario. also dead. Luigi Mario. Oh, maybe they could get John Leguizamo back. That would be that'd be nice. That'd be a nice little callback. Like you don't have to be. <laughs> It doesn't have to be Luigi. Let him be Waluigi. Oh, yo. Uh, <laughs> That'd actually be pretty funny if they did that. I don't I don't know if they'd introduce Waluigi in the first Mario Brothers movie. But. I don't know. I, I would like to see Wario and, and Waluigi and Daisy. Yeah, but John, but John Lake was almost like the only the only person that survived that awful Mario Brothers movie. Everybody <laughs> else is dead. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> is the woman who played? No, uh, Samantha Mathis is still alive okay. too. Actually, you I bring think. her back as Daisy. Who gives a shit? Because of course it wasn't Peach in that movie. It no, was it was Daisy. not Peach. It was Daisy. It absolutely was. Which I'm sure get, makes you gives you some sort of smug satisfaction, even though that movie is filth and bit, quite awful. A little bit. I will stand for Daisy. It's a it's a it's a good it's a good thing that there aren't enough video game movies in existence to do a video game movie review show because. I would hate to have to fucking do that. Yo, on this here's network. the thing. Like, you do that monthly, there's probably enough at this point. None of them are good. Yeah, they would all be bad. Like, yeah. I, I don't, there's only so many bad movies I can watch. <laughs> I don't know. I think that'd be a really funny podcast. I don't know, because they would because a lot of those would not be bad in a fun way. They would just be bad in a soul-crushingly you sad way. You don't want to watch Hitman. I do not want to watch Hitman or <laughs> or the or the other Hitman. I don't want to watch either of them, but thank you. How many Blood Rain movies did they do? There were three. There were three of them. For some ungodly <laughs> reason, yes. Because Uwe Boll enjoyed losing money, so he can get refunded from the government, apparently. It's terrible. Mm. But anyway, um, some sad news, uh, especially for, for Micah. Marvel Heroes, 
Uh, the free-to-play action RPG from Gazillion Entertainment is shutting down at the end of the year. Um, apparently, the the deal ended between uh, Marvel and Gazillion on this, and Disney not wanting to do a lot in game producing and things of that nature declined to renew it. Unfortunately, um, this kind of sucks. Uh, Marvel Heroes is a game that I would go back to periodically, just because you know you 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 play it and you're like, oh wow, this is fun. Okay, I've had my fill. And then take a break, and then you boot it back up, and you know all the feels come back. And it was a competent, uh, it was a competent uh, Diablo style MMO. I remember going to a Comic Con. Um, I think it was one in, I think it was San Diego, and I saw this, I saw this uh, game, and I went up to the guy and I said, "Well." What's the deal? Like, how do you explain all these different Iron Men and all these different Captain Americas? And he's like, well, just uh, like if you're running around playing pretend with your friends and, you know, two people want to be Iron Man, it's just like that, right? And I'm like, that's no. the lamest fucking excuse I've ever heard. But you know what? Whatever, guy. Your game looks fun. Um. Yeah, the it, it, the writing's been on the wall for a while for me. They, yeah, um, apparently their their weekly community update just what didn't appear for like a month, and yeah. so fans are starting to get concerned. Yeah, every every time there is some sort of uh, every time there was some sort of Marvel event going on in the real world, the game would have a special event to correspond to it. Uh, when Daredevil came out on Netflix. They had uh, an update that lets you play as, you know, Netflix Daredevil and, you know, they'll they'll give you different quests and stuff like that. And when nothing happened for Thor, I was like, well, that, this is it. Then that's the final nail in the coffin because they were always they were always on point with that. So it was a fun game while it lasted, man. And it lasted uh, a good long while. A few years. Um, apparently, they're going to make everything available for free um, for the last you know six weeks that the game is in existence. Even the Fantastic to get Four? their share. I remember they uh, <laughs> they got rid of the Fantastic Four. So if you didn't buy the Fantastic Four, didn't have them unlocked, you couldn't play them. Uh, and that was all part of the whole, you know, the Fantastic Four are dead to us at Marvel, so we don't the want cleansing. anything. To, right, right. There's the Fantastic Purging. Um, so I was like, oh, that that kind of sucks. But all right, that's kind of cool. They'll make everybody everything free. Uh, I saw a bunch of people getting all pissy, talking about they want a refund and this, that, and the other. And like, look, man, I'm sorry that the game is shutting down, but. I don't know if you are entitled to a refund unless you bought something like within a week of the announcement. Otherwise, you kind of know what you're doing here. You know what I mean? Like yeah, any any of, any of these games as service where you know it's contingent on continued support, you kind of have to know going in like this is not going to last forever, right? Um, and you kind of have to. When you buy something, you have to figure out is this worth it for me? You know what I mean? Is this going to be worthwhile for me to? to buy this thing and get whatever use I get out of it. Yep. So that sucks. 
it does suck. Um, I'm sure Gazillion will move on to something else cool. Um, Disney is going to Disney, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that does suck. Game always looked interesting, but I I just played Diablo, so I never really that really yeah. piqued my interest. Though so. I mean, if you if you played Diablo and like if you were really into Diablo, you're gonna look at Marvel Heroes and be like, what is this baby game? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it it was very very casual. So Bungie uh, last Wednesday did a live stream to show off the first bits of content from the Curse of Osiris expansion. I, of course, watched the entire thing because that's what I'm prone to do. Um, They took you on tour of the lighthouse uh, on Mercury. Brother Vance is there. That's the social space and Brother Vance is your vendor. Apparently, once you finish the campaign, um, you'll be able to forge weapons at the lighthouse, which is kind of a new thing for destiny um they briefly showed off the infinite forest which is a which is kind of like the open area space that you can go to um which has different like historical permutations like you go to a the past version of mars which is like a lush garden you can go to a future version of mars where basically all it's a dead planet and all that's there is vex essentially so it's got some cool stuff um bringing back heroic strikes for the uh, first time in Destiny 2, which is going to have a 270 power level. Um, but then they also, the thing that everyone was really excited to find out was what they meant by new raid content that they had teased before, uh, you know, going into the expansion. So first, the the level cap for the raids, um, well, or I shouldn't say the recommended power will raise up to 300 for both for the regular raid, um, because they are raising the power cap for the game, the 335. But new raid content means that that they are going to have a raid, what they call a raid layer. Um, this is the first of its kind. They've never done this in Destiny before. Um, according to Bungie, a raid layer is a brand new six-player raid activity. Um, it's an entirely new set of encounters, new puzzles, new loot, and a new final boss at the end. So if you if you kind of read between the lines there, it is basically a shorter version of the regular raid, essentially. And it will also take place in the Leviathan, um, because the Leviathan is a planet-sized ship, so they can have all sorts of experimentation with that. Um, and there will be another raid encounter releasing when the second uh, expansion comes out in the spring, the uh, the Rasputin expansion that's coming out. Hmm. So, yeah, so new loot, new uh, new raid sets. We still have to do the first raid. That'd be good if we did that before, uh, <laughs> before this came out, though I don't know if we're going to find the time yeah, to get that done. That's one thing about Destiny that um, I really that this raid layer seems to kind of rectify a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like the raids, I understand you know putting in time, right? But the raids are long, man. Like, well, they're long the first couple times. Like once you like with the Leviathan raid, once you get it down, like I've seen most most teams that do it regularly, though you can beat it in less than an hour. It's not that hard to do once you know what you're doing. But the first time through, I mean, it took even the best teams six hours to to play through it the first time to, mm. to go in blind and figure it out. No, and even a team, and even a fresh team, even if you know what you're supposed to do, just the difficulty of executing the puzzles in each of the room that require a lot of teamwork and a lot of precision is still going to take you a good couple hours to get. Yeah. Through it. That's what happened with that's what happened with me in the first one. Like I had somebody uh, walk me through it, and it was like two or three hours, man. And I was just like, "All right, I'm I don't care anymore. Like I'm I'm done. Like this game, this game trains you to through its strikes and its crucible to have twenty minute matches 
and do something else. Even if that something else is the same thing, you're still doing it in a different location with different people uh, under different rules. And it's, I mean, I, and I look, I get it, right. I get that the, that the raid is meant to be something different and meant to be this like big challenging thing, but I don't know. It, it's just my personal preference. So I'm, I'm very curious as to what this raid layer thing is. Mm. This is why I don't play destiny. <laughs> <laughs> think, think, think of the raid as going through the entire elite four in one in one sitting, basically. Well, first of all, that's the only way to beat the Elite Four. Um, but sure yeah, is, <laughs> uh, I'm just, I don't know. I understand its appeal. It just, it doesn't appeal to me. So. Yeah. Neat for people who play Destiny. I, I, yeah, I really, getting an expansion. <laughs> I really want to finish. I do really want to finish the, the main raid once, though. At least once, just if any, just to say, A, I did it to get the trophy and also to get my long range shotgun. So. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> um, and there's an, and there'd be another there'd be a uh, stream two from them is going to be on Tuesday the twenty first. I think at two p.m. Eastern there'll be a third one as well where they're going to go on a shooting tour of the Infinite Forest. It looks cool. I'm looking forward to this expansion though. It looks like it, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, finally, if we had a this week in stupid, um, <laughs> this would be this would be the story that goes there. Uh, a Twitch streamer decided to purchase Sonic Forces from Steam beat the game and then request a refund while live on air. Those are some balls. Yeah. Uh, Ouija the God is his stream name. His real name is Cade McNown. Uh, but he streamed Ouija. Sonic Forces on November 12th, which was a few days after the game launched. Uh, he encountered a lot of bugs while he played and apparently it wasn't very fun um, because of all these bugs. Man, a Sonic game, a 3D Sonic game being buggy. <laughs> wow. Who have thought? <laughs> Uh, however, welcome to 1999, Ouija right. the God. However, um, when he beat the game, which took a little over two hours and forty minutes, two hours and forty minutes. Damn. Mm-hmm. Um, he then streamed himself asking for a refund from Steam. When he asked, but here's the problem: when he asked for the refund, he did not talk about the game's glitches or technical issues that it had. Rather, he said to Steam that he quote bought the wrong game and he asked for the refund now is that it will allow a refund of a game within 14 days of purchase only if though that you play for less than two hours and he played in two hours and 40 minutes (laughs) however however in this case they gave him the refund they gave him the refund Mm -hmm. despite the fact that he was on camera not that they would be watching a stream, but no. the fact, despite the fact that he was on camera um, requesting it. And now people are mad at him, which is just a little I, rightful. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair, but I also think it's fair to play through that fucking nightmare hellscape of a Sonic <laughs> game and want your money back. Uh, look, I... I get why he wants his money back and I get why people are mad, but you know what? I'm not mad at him. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a game is like, like that. This, this is a case of hate. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Right. So yeah, quite literally like be mad at steam <laughs> for giving it to him. Like yeah. also be mad at, at fucking Sega for releasing a Sonic game that you can beat in two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. I've sunk way more time into playing through Sonic mania, which by the way, 
is a fucking good game. Like, mm. I <laughs> better, better than Sonic Forces. So you know what? I it's, mean, I mean, when you're when you're comparing two pieces of shit next to each other, and one piece <laughs> of shit looks better, looks nicer, looks nicer than a than like an like an old piece of shit that's all dry and and kind of like white colored. Look, that's not Sonic Mania is a fun time. The music is good. The game plays well. Um, the level design is fun. The bosses are fun. Um, meanwhile, Sega tried to win people over by being like, hey, you can make your Sonic OC from 1998 uh, canon. You can do that now. So, and that didn't work. Clearly, because the game is still shitty. So, <laughs> maybe, maybe future future Sonic games should all just be handed to the fans since it's clear that the fans can do a better job when making a Sonic game. How sad is that? Professional developers at Sega can't make a decent Sonic game, but apparently Sonic fans can make one that is accepted by the uh, community. Mm -hmm. I still can't believe that you can beat Sonic Forces in two and a half hours. That's absolutely ridiculous to me. I'm not at all surprised by it. And I know that game's a $40 game, like they're not charging full full price. For it, forty dollars. That yeah. could be a twenty dollar game. Yo, I thought it was a twenty dollar game. That's what no. I was like. Ah, whatever. That game is forty dollars. First of all, if you're paying forty dollars for a Sonic game, you're stupid. Second of all, uh, then I'm I'm stupid. Well, I, I I got I got the collector's edition of Sonic Mania. Well, no, so no, so you paid you paid twenty dollars for a Sonic game and you paid fifty dollars for a Sonic statue. That's true. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Statue's you're, nice. Because you're paying for that statue. This guy bought a 3D Sonic game. Is Sonic Mania 3D or whatever? No, it's 2D. It's, 2D. it's yeah. the retro style. It's it's literally it's meant to be it's a, a it's, a, it's a return to form for right. Sonic. It's, it's meant to be that. a successor to um Sonic and Knuckles. I mean, look, I was never like a huge Sonic fan. Um you have common sense. Hey. I, I just find it to be <laughs> terrible platforming like it, it sonic to me is like like uh every level is an ice level like he just fucking had all this stupid momentum and like i need precision but anyway uh at 3d sonic games just i mean they're the devil man they're like, not good like, none of them are good like bj Blaskowitz, zero of them are good bj People... blaskowitz should be shooting 3d sonic games like that's what <laughs> they are like they're the equivalent of nazis People as. have a lot of nostalgia, I think, for the two Sonic Adventure games, but like, I need those people to go back and play those games now because those games are not good. They're not good. Go back and play through fucking Big the Cat's shit in Sonic Adventure and tell me that that's a good game. Fuck you. Is this the same Sonic game that Sonic was kissing a human woman at the end of? It? No, that's Sonic 06. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean that is nightmare fuel right there. Um, yeah, uh, look, I I understand why everybody's mad, but I can't be mad. Like, don't ask, don't get. <laughs> he asked for a refund, and Steam is like, yeah, whatever. We make enough money, we could throw forty dollars back at you. Did That's they? Did this, they ain't, this ain't hurting Steam at all, right? It's hurting <laughs> Sega, Sega a little bit, so right. And, Maybe and, Sega should make better games. Maybe Sega should just stop. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Like, like maybe they should. 
I'm trying to think, like, what has Sega done since the Dreamcast, like, ate shit in 1990 or 2002, whatever it was? Like, what have they done that has been worthwhile since then? I honestly can't name anything. Worthwhile? Yeah. That's a that's a different question. I mean, they 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 put out the Yakuza games, don't they? I guess. I think they publish Yakuza. Ah, they they're, they're, Yakuza. They're publishing Valkyrie Chronicles 4. I forgot they published those as well. Mm. So they do the Total War series now. I think Sega is a little bit better than you guys are giving them credit for mm. right now. Those Total War games are good. They did publish Yakuza. Right, but like they don't develop Yakuza. Like But they publish it. Someone else would fucking publish they, it. They they published the Football Manager series, a very oh, po- a very wow, popular game we. series. It is the so. soccer management game? Dude, that thing's like gangbusters, not in America. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. I don't understand. I'm that telling at all. you. Um, just fucking D and um, nerds. Excuse me. Uh, Luigi Mansion Arcade in Japan was oh. published by Sega, making their little coin out machines. Mm. I don't like the Sega slander that's happening here. I, really? I am gonna, I, I am going to stake really? the honor of Sega <laughs> right here on this show. You on. guys are slandering them. Aside from that one insignificant character that they have, that is fucking terrible. Everything else from Sega Brad, is apparently oh, yeah. fantastic. Because Virtua Fight is still worthwhile in 2017. Terrence Brad would say Terrence huge, would agree. Huge Sonic fan, Brad is false. <laughs> I, I, I am an anti. I am anti Sonic, but I am a Sega defender. I enjoyed Puyo Puyo Tetris on the Puyo Switch. Puyo How about that? Fun. How about that? I'm just saying. Someone else would have picked these games. Um, how many? How many hot Tetris game? Is that what you're saying? You enjoyed yeah. a Tetris game. How many? How many Hatsune Miku fans are they out there? Huh? <laughs> you know the answer to this question. A lot. A lot. Obviously, too fucking many. They're be they're being served by Sega. But yeah, fuck Sonic. Say, say, you know what? Sega would go further as a publisher if it wasn't for Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> how about that? How about that? And got, that's look, I've got I've got nostalgia goggles for Sonic, which is why I really like Mania. Um but yeah, I mean we we gotta realize that uh Sega as a company is publishing more shit than they are gold. So mm, I think it's just the Sonic games that are awful that they're putting out. They that they eliminate Sonic from their catalog, Sega will be Maybe a right. terrific game publisher. I don't know. And that's where we're gonna leave it because I can. <laughs> Sonic sucks. <laughs> and if you want to buy non-sonic <laughs> but other quality sega titles and help the show you can go to densepixels.com slash amazon to buy your sega games or any other games or whatever you want from amazon.com you know what you can buy what can you buy densepixels.com slash amazon you can buy my book that's right carrie it's has a book fifteen dollars it's a great stocking stuffer the overstreet guide to collecting video games came out earlier this year it's extremely up to date a lot of good information i worked really hard on that book so you should buy it that's right and then you can and then you can you can buy the overstreet guide to collecting tabletop games next year next year mm-hmm. which Brad's may or may not have a cameo from your other favorite <laughs> video game podcast so it's possibly We'll see. But yeah, densepixels.com slash Amazon. You pay the same low Amazon prices, but we get a small percentage of the sale. It helps pay for things like equipment and and hosting fees and things of that nature. So thank you. I mean, we have to, we have to pay hosting fees to host the show. I, oh, okay. I mean, oh, we, we don't, I don't get a fee. Our, 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 you know, the man at the top of the food chain does. 
Yeah. But, but that's where all the money's yeah. being funneled. So, mm-hmm. but, yeah. uh, but, <laughs> but again, yeah. that's bigs.com slash Amazon. Trickle down economics that kick in. Funnel, funnel, funneled or embezzled, <laughs> depending on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. Funneled or embezzled. But yes, densepixels.com slash Amazon. I'll tell you what you can't buy on densepixels.com slash Amazon. What's that, Brad? Is microtransactions for Star Wars <laughs> Battlefront 2. <laughs> You know, I, I like them when they come when you see them coming a mile away, but they're still funny. You know I, mean? I still like it. Uh, yes, Star Wars Battlefront uh, won't offer paid microtransactions as of this moment. For now. <laughs> um, following a week of just EA and DICE just getting uh, run right over all of the hot coals. Uh, for their business practices. Like, it made the Washington Post. <laughs> I was like, God damn. Um, uh, Fuck them. <laughs> Oscar Gabrielson, general manager of, develop- of the development studio DICE, acknowledged the widespread backlash. Um, and he is quoted as saying, As we approach the worldwide launch, it is clear that many of you feel that there are challenges in the design. We've heard the concerns about about potentially giving players unfair advantages, and we've heard that this is overshadowing an otherwise great game. Not what I heard. Uh, (laughs) I heard it's okay. This was never our intention. Sorry we didn't get this right. We hear you loud and clear, so we're turning off all in-game purchases. And then we're going to not hear you loud and clear and turn them back on later. We will now spend more time listening, adjusting, balancing, tuning. This means that the option to purchase crystals in the game is now offline, and all progression will be earned through gameplay. The ability to purchase crystals in-game will become available at a later date, only after we've made changes to the game we'll share more information as we work through this look this is um this is them doing a, a sloppy job of damage control yeah i mean um, this is still a pretty significant occurrence though. it is like i think most companies i i figured ea was just going to be like fuck you yeah we're gonna do it i anyway. mean most so most companies are like this 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 is literally the first like there's smaller games that have tweaked their microtransaction you know, economy. Sure, but over for time. a game one developed and being published by EA as their big shooter this year, um, but it's fucking Star Wars. Like a right. ton of people are going to be interested in it because Episode Eight comes out in twenty five days. Um, not that I'm counting, um, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I just, I was just, I was really surprised that they would do this. Of course, they're going to turn it on in like a week and be like, "We fixed it, and nothing will have changed." Right. And I, I feel I feel like both of you are being extremely cynical about mm-hmm. this entire situation. It's EA. And I get it. I get don't don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying that I don't understand that. I think that the backlash that they received from this game was so mighty that there's no way that they can't go back to the drawing board and take a serious look at how the economy of Star Wars Battlefront 2 works and not make significant adjustments to that 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 don't make the microtransactions as much of or really i mean if if they come back and the microtransactions are pay to win at all they're gonna get killed so like like that like that that part of it they're gonna have to make it 
a cosmetic thing. Now, it's going to be difficult to do because the star cards are so integrated into the game system that you can't just like abandon those, right? Like you have to, you still have to have those in the game. So they're going to have to do a lot of tweaking as far as what does the in-game currency buy you? Not, not the microtransaction currency, but the in-game currency, how fast do you earn it? You know, what, what do the crystals, which is the microtransaction currency buy? Like they're going to have to take a hard look at that. And the end result will hopefully be something that's more palatable to the fans. Um, But my, the thing that I'm curious about is what will, the ripple effect be for the rest of the game industry. Like, like, is this going to give, to give pause to any company that is going to be, you know, taking more aggressive approach, let's say with their microtransactions and maybe make them take a step back and say, Oh man, like look what happened with battlefront. If we're not careful, like that could be us too. I think that, um, I think that EA should have stuck to their guns um, or don't, don't give this hollow like well we're going to turn them off and like you don't negotiate with the fans and if you it's it's star wars like you said people are going to buy it um i mean to be to be even more fair like probably 90 percent of the people who buy this game probably weren't even aware of right. the controversy that surrounded it right i That's think true. They, i think that they should not have negotiated with these terrorists i think they should have <laughs> stuck to their guns um, and did some tweaking later on down the line. Um, look, the only thing that's going to satisfy this vocal, um, these, these people who are like super mad is if you get rid of microtransactions altogether. I don't think that's not, true. You're not going to, I, I do don't it. know that that's true. I just think the problem with this game specifically, at least from what I've read is that, like you could either spend real money to buy a character like Luke Skywalker or you could grind in the game for like 40 fucking hours which is a long time to play a game. Well though that that wasn't even the big the, like the bigger issue yeah. was the fact that you could get um like when you bought the crystals you could get a shit ton of loot boxes and the oh. loot boxes would actually have these star cards that you could put on your multiplayer characters and upgrade mm. them to ridiculous abilities well, they are supposed to be like it's like it's like getting the the golden ticket you yeah know what i mean um and, i think loot box culture in general is not good for the industry <clears throat> but i think the fact that overwatch is sort of uh seen the kind of success that they have with that no the stuff with with overwatch it's all that's all cosmetic shit with them like you're not unlocking characters early you're not unlocking abilities early with loot boxes and overwatch and that's i think how you kind of have to have loot boxes is just have it be cosmetic shit that doesn't you know influence the actual gameplay at all or influence how well your character performs um so that's that's what i would say ea probably needs to overhaul is like what you actually get in the loot boxes yeah um they they they've been getting killed like they've even been getting killed from inside the industry on this like wow. fucking fucking start like like blizzards poking fun at them yeah. which is a little glass you know throwing throwing stones in glass housey of them but whatever um <laughs> they they talk they talked to CD Projekt Red um because they heard someone heard a rumor that uh 
there might be microtransactions in cyber talk cyberpunk 2077 oh, I love and they CD went Project and they went out they went out and be like oh no we lead the greed to other people like we're not worried about that we're <laughs> just gonna old, make a good game big old so. fuck you to uh to ea on that one they're like yeah. we don't believe in games as a service we believe in getting a full complete single player experience out of the box so that you are satisfied on day one and i'm just like all right like one i believe you because that's what the witcher 3 absolutely was but also like savage like listen <laughs> <laughs> i i am more optimistic than the two of you on this particular at least as it pertains to battlefront i, too. I like, mean you're, you're still going to see people you're still going to see people creep right up to that line and step over it in some cases with microtransactions but i think that ea and is doing the right thing here and and i you have to, if you're going to criticize them for putting the shit in the game in the first place you have to also acknowledge when they are willing to take that step back under duress but still willing to take that step back to yeah. fix to fix the issue i'm not going to be sold on ea's response to the battlefront controversy until we see how microtransactions are reintroduced into the game yeah it's i can't um i can't uh i can't give them some sort of attaboy for like you said doing this one under duress and two like they're going to like you said carrie I'm gonna need to see something. Look, I, I'm not buying this game anyway, right? Like, I'm still that's pissed. fair. I'm still pissed at Mass Effect. You know what I mean? But mm. um, I, I, I don't think you're the only one on this podcast who's still pissed at Mass <laughs> Effect. <laughs> it, it it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't seem to me that this is 100. percent I mean, because it's not genuine. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just well how from from dice I think it is maybe I from think, dice you know what I mean yeah maybe from dice but uh, and look they're probably in a in an impossible situation right like I like to think that dice just wanted to make a game and then they were mandated by their corporate overlords to <laughs> you know find a way to squeeze money out of people. wouldn't it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be nice if everything worked out if everything was just so. <laughs> in, in, in this world <laughs> so we'll see we'll see i hear the game is not all that great but um i heard the campaign was like four hours long yeah i love how they were like we have a single player in this game wow <laughs> and then it's like it's three and a half hours go fuck yourself like, <laughs> like don't don't dedicate like don't trot out john boyega to be like hey guys we have a they single absolutely player did too. <laughs> and then like have it be the most half-assed thing on the planet like that's that's so shitty that's that's really not something i'm a fan of yeah i just we'll see we'll see um the game awards no no the keelys the keelys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well it's called the keelys like like much like the academy awards are the academy awards but the actual statue you get is called the oscar that's what i like to think happens here it is the game awards but then you take home a little a little uh one foot tall jeff keely <laughs> With fucking Mountain Dew in one hand and Doritos in the other, giving that fucking stupid ass look like. Mm. 
I don't know. I, I saw a picture of him from a previous Game Wars where he had like the Richard Nixon pose going. Like he was like, ah. Yeah. So I, 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 I like to think the statue is actually that particular pose. Yeah, because he's a crook. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I just pulled up. Uh, the Game Awards uh, are coming. Uh, the winners will be revealed Thursday, December 7th. Um, and you can find out how to watch it. I guess you can only stream the Game Awards. Yes, they yeah. do not broadcast it on broadcast television anymore. Because okay. it was stupid to broadcast it on yes, broadcast it was. television yes, in the first place. Yes, I, enjoy, I enjoyed last year's show I'll much better watch. than any of the pre- I will too. Yeah. Um, I will probably be recording a podcast, so I will not be able to watch live. Um, but they do have the nominees out, and we'll just go through some of these and if there's a if there's a category you want to talk about, uh, we could talk about it. Well, we got well, we got to start with game, game of the, of the year. year. Absolutely, uh, game of the year. The nominees are The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Persona Five, which I'm kind of surprised, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Which I was really surprised by Persona Five being included in this category. Um, but then, like, I thought about it a little more, and I realized that Persona 5 somehow broke through, like, the JRPG barrier into the mainstream. I don't know how it happened. Um, it's well, a really fucking good game. Remember, too, that the, like, the, not, like, the, so the nominees are voted on um, by a panel of industry, like, media folks, yeah. essentially. So they're in tune. To no, something like Persona 5. That's true. But like I also have like one of my friends who I know via baseball fandom. Um, he was like, I'm maybe interested in like either Nier or Persona 5. And I was like, you should play Persona 5. And he fucking he platinumed it. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> he went from what is a persona to I've platinumed the game in like two weeks. And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. So so, like, I, I feel like that's like Persona 5 is the first game like within the Shin Megami Tensei franchise that has for whatever reason had that sort of like more mainstream presence. So if if there's any controversy on game of the year, it is of course the Battle player knows Battlegrounds is nominated, which is a game that is technically not officially released no, yet. It's still still in. an early access. Mm-hmm. I refuse to even acknowledge that. Um, <laughs> is, uh, of the four that um that I do acknowledge one horizons. I mean, I'm a little surprised it was nominated just a little bit. No, I'm not. I'm not at all. It's a great game, but well, and I guess I can't really think of one off the top of my head that deserves to be on there uh, more so, but it's got no chance. It's a weird year for games. Oh, I I, dis- I disagree. I disagree. I th- I think I think if Zelda doesn't win, which I which is what my prediction Zelda's would be, win. then I think Horizon is the next best shot at winning because i because because if zelda doesn't win it's only going to be because mario and zelda split the votes for a nintendo game i will be i look i wouldn't be mad if it won uh i just for some reason i don't think it will i think people will come out in droves for uh zelda um best game direction awarded to the to a game studio for outstanding creative vision and innovative uh, and innovation in game direction and design. Now, now this Horizon should probably win. I don't know. I think this is also going to go to Breath of the Wild. 
I don't know. I, I think it will solely on the fact that it is a truly open world Legend of Zelda experience. It's the first truly open world role-playing experience that Nintendo has ever developed. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. I think, you know, for the last six years, Skyrim has been the benchmark by which all other open world games in many senses have been judged against. And I think Breath of the Wild is now that benchmark. But in terms of creative vision, I think that... um, Look, I I had a feel at the end of that game, so... (laughs) (laughs) In in terms... And look, correct me if I'm wrong. When I see best game direction, it is the look, the pacing, the... the, Everything visual about the game. Um, Look, these other three nominees, Wolfenstein, Resident Evil, Mario, I don't think they'll... I don't think they'll win. I do think it's going to be between Zelda and Breath of the Wild. And for some reason, I think Horizon, Zelda and Breath of the Wild. Uh, I mean, <laughs> <Ford and Slip. laughs> uh, I think it'll be between Breath of the Wild and Horizon. And um, for some reason, I do think Horizon might take it just because of because it has a different look like Zelda. Zelda looks like a Zelda game. And I, I don't know talking out of my ass (laughs) i think i would say mario probably has a shot at that just based on creative direction i mean you look at how unique each world in that in that game is while still very much feeling cohesive um is is there any way that cuphead does not win best art direction no nope i think the only one that might have a shot in that category is persona yeah and even still Yeah. yeah Um, if Destiny 2 does not win best score, I will murder somebody because that would be bullshit. I think Persona's got a shot in that category too because that soundtrack was Yo, lit as fuck. I own that soundtrack. Persona? That's how good it is. I fucking love that acid jazz. Like, I, I love it. It's real good. I love it. I can listen to like basically any of the battle themes, any of the vocal themes from that game on a loop and yeah. not get sick of it. Yeah. Um, has anybody played uh, Hellblade? No. Because apparently sound plays a big part in that game. Uh, I have a couple friends who have played it and they say it's really good. So I'm not really surprised to see it nominated for this sort of thing. But what the hell is Games for Impact? A, a, for a thought provoking game with profound. I, I think it's, <laughs> I mean, you just described it, right? Like it's, it's one of those games that. A game that makes you think. Right. Or, or that raises awareness of a cause. And, and, and Hellblade will probably win because that game did a lot to kind of show mental illness in a game. Yeah. I think the one that won last year was That Dragon Cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that was. That was a game that, like, I think not a lot of people played, but it got a lot of press um, because it basically told that guy's story of dealing with the fact that his son was going to die. Um, so I'm not, I don't know. Uh, they, I ha- think, they have a category for best ongoing game. Which is so stupid. I don't think it's stupid. I think, I think it, it's stupid. I think it's a way to highlight, so like, a game that, so, like, Destiny should never win game of the year, right? But no. it still deserves to be... Like, it's still an important game in, in gaming. You know what I mean? Like, World of Warcraft, you know, you could be nominated for this award that's, in another okay, year. No, that's fine. Yeah, Over, Overwatch will probably win, win, right? Overwatch I mean, but, 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 you know. Uh, best mobile? 
Um, It'll be Monument Valley, probably. To see Super Mario Run even nominated. (laughs) Handheld is going to go to Metroid. Period. Yeah, I can't see. I can't see anything beating out Metroid except maybe Monster Hunter. They might might be able to make a case for that. You might get some votes in. How the fuck uh, did Poochie and Yoshi get nominated for Best Handheld Game? Okay. Whatever you say. Good. That thing's name is Poochie. Dog, yeah, where you been? Poochie. That's 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 been Poochie's his name since 1995, bro. Where you been at? I didn't know that was his name. Like, yeah. I've, I've I've seen him. I just didn't know it was his name. Uh, best <laughs> RPG. I don't know why they even bothered nominating stuff besides Persona Five because I'm pretty sure that that's going to win going away. In I don't that know. Category. I, I think I think Persona Five is the obvious shoe in, but I think it might get some. I don't know. Challenge from Final Fantasy 15. Because those were the two big ones this year. Like, I did not play Final Fantasy XV because much as I like boy bands, uh, that's not really my kind of game. Um, now, Mike, a best fighting game, Injustice 2 is going to win. But <laughs> I would I would be willing to accept ARMS winning I voted for just ARMS. to see Terrence's reaction to it. <laughs> if ARMS wins... <laughs> I mean, we might never hear from Terrence again. <laughs> <laughs> His head might explode. Oh, man. Yeah, man. I kind of wanted to win now just so I could hear him blow the fuck up on mm-hmm. the on the podcast. It's a stacked year this year, though. Unfortunately, that like, like if it had released next year, it, ha- it might have had a shot at it. Yeah, the problem was, like you said, it's uh, Injustice is going to win. Justice like, will definitely win. Um, they have a new category for be- I, I don't know if there's a new category, best family game. This is see, this is where Splatoon belongs in the family game <laughs> category, not a shooter at best action game of the year. Fuck that. I like Splatoon. They got rid of the look, they got they got rid of the best shooter category because it was such a travesty that, that game won two years ago. <laughs> and I, and I like, thing, it would win again this year. I don't know. I don't know about that. What is it going up against? Uh, what for shooters? <laughs> yeah. Destiny. Destiny. Oh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I guess. I, I guess I'm thinking like Call of Duty, World War II, Star Wars Battlefront. Like, um, I will tell you that the makers of XCOM and the makers of Halo Wars could be really pissed when Mario and Rabbids win Best Strategy Game That's gonna be so <laughs> this year. <laughs> um, what else we got here? I again raise my objection to having sports and racing combined into one category. Yeah, I don't understand that. Those are two. Those are two different things. Fuck that. Oh, there's best multiplayer. Okay. And Destiny 2 is in there. But yeah, the thing is, player you, unknown's Battlegrounds will win that yeah, category. Battlegrounds going is going to win yeah. that. Yep. Most Stupid. anticipated <laughs> game. Presented by the <laughs> cafe. Presented by <laughs> a the caramel most, the most frappe. Bull, the most bullshit award has a sponsor. <laughs> That's going to go to Spider-Man. What a dumb award. Yeah. What a it dumb is a, fucking award. It is award. a really dumb award. Like, I just, it is a fucking waste. Like, Remember just, when that went to No Man's Sky? <laughs> yep, that's that's how <laughs> that's how important that that and, award. And look, it paid off in the end. It it it, it, li- it lived up to the billing of most anticipated. It game. was the most anticipated. It game. was, and now you got me. And there. now it is now it is a great game. Oh Jesus! They, they 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 should have a special award this year for best redemption story. Okay, Jan. and give it to No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. That's what they should do. Throwing my throwing throwing. I'm gonna call Jeff Keeley today, and and <laughs> figure that out. Um, trending gamer. Uh, I mean streamers, fi- streamers, YouTubers. basically YouTube people. I mean, Terrence what? was sixth, I think, on this list. Like he did, he <laughs> finished just outside of the top five. But I don't and, know who any 
of these people are. I know who Andrea Renee is. I know who Andrea is Renee is. Girl on the GameStop TV. Uh, that was on the GameStop TV. Oh, yes. okay. She she I has, thought she looks familiar. She has she has her own channel with three other ladies called called uh, What's Good Games that um, she's on. Neat. The description of this for a streamer, influencer, or media member who has made an important impact on the industry. Well, so like Steven Spawn, um, he is a guy that runs this thing called Able Gamers, who are who basically work to get you know bring awareness to making games more accessible for disabled folks. Okay, essentially, um, what's good games is again it's a it's a media network of four women in talking about video games, which is not something you see every day. It should so, be something you see every it day. It should be, but now now you are. That's why Andrew Renee is nominated this year. So, all right. Well, it sounds like it's between one of those two, because mm-hmm. these other three dudes yeah. look like typical Best gamers. Esports yeah, they've they've they, they, they quite a few dick. quite like, a few esports awards. Esports game. Oh, that'll, that'll be Rocket League. Probably. I think Rocket oh, League will win that. I think Overwatch, because now that you've got like the official Overwatch League, I think that's going to go to Overwatch. I mean, they do have an official Rocket League league. Uh, there's another sponsored award, the best best debut indie game presented by Shik Hydro. Uh-huh. No, I don't want to vote for Hollow Knight. What are you doing? Get out of here. Get out of here, Jeff Keeley. Stop, stop <laughs> taking my vote. Stop, again, Cuphead will probably win uh, that. Going I think away. Golf Story might have, <laughs> best, might have a shot. Golf best, Story was super fun. Best Chinese game. Yeah, I don't is know. An award. I don't understand what the that. Fuck? I don't understand that. At all, a fan, a fan voted that. award to recognize the most popular game in China as judged by the Game Awards viewers in China. Uh, they're gonna have to fix that name, man. Best China game. <laughs> this is the best Chinese game. Like, <laughs> this sounds like a black person trying to describe somebody Asian. <laughs> either that, or, either that, or just describing the game that that you you know you you play for a lot. You 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 binge it in like a half an hour session, and then you don't want to play anymore. But then like you know two hours later, you want to play, it, want again. To play <laughs> it again. Yeah, god damn it. So <laughs> that's what that is. So yeah, I, I don't I don't have any. Uh, I, I don't feel like anything got uh, shafted. No. in the awards this year, I think everything that should have been up for an award is up for that award. Yeah, like I said, as good of a year it was in gaming, it was definitely a year where it was clear to see what uh, what the best games were. Mm-hmm. I will say that uh, I'm I'm a little miffed to not see Mass Effect Andromeda anywhere on here. Really, a little miffed, <laughs> a little upset. Mm-hmm. Best action adventure game or role playing game or role playing like... game? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Could have well, done that. Could have beat out South Park. Like it could have took. Yeah, it could have beat out South Park. I've heard. I've heard the fractured butthole is a pretty okay game. Like it is. It is. It is a nice, solid two and a half out of five. Like it really. I don't know. I've I've got friends who have played it and raved about it, and I'm like, are they they South Park fans? Some of them are. Some of them are just sort of like casual watchers. So I don't. I'm a I'm a casual watcher. And um, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It is competent. Was was Mass Effect better? For me, it was. Call Jeff. <laughs> let's, let's, let's let's get this happening. Let's get this happening. A lot um, less, a lot less uh, shit jokes in Mass Effect. <laughs> a lot less shit jokes. In and and of course, and, and again, you should watch the Game Awards so that we can look forward to the next clip of new stuff from death stranding and then jeff jeff sure. Healy, a few sing praise sure 
all over Are, Hideo Kojima. Do you really to see that? Have they confirmed that that's happening? Uh, no, but it is It is the Game Awards. This Jeff Keighley is there. Mm-hmm. And Kojima he can't go two hours without talking about Hideo Kojima. This so, I mean, one assumes that they're going to that they're going to have something for Death Stranding there. This is true. Um, the game it's, it's going to be like a mocap so. of Norman Reedus shitting in a bucket <laughs> and like <laughs> and Guillermo del Toro. Uh, watch, 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 Death Str- Man. watch Death Stranding win most anticipated game despite not being nominated. Just, just from, just from Jeff Keighley write-ins. <laughs> like it's just like that alone is going like that's he spends any waking hour not working on the game awards writing in votes for Death Stranding to win mm-hmm. most anticipated game. Presented by Nick Cafe. Yep. Part, of me, part of me wants Death Stranding to just be horrible. Me too. I want it to come out and be fucking awful so that people can shut the fuck up about Hideo Kojima. Right, but then, but then that would give some smug sense of satisfaction to Konami, which I also don't want, right, really. I don't want so. that either. Uh, oh, these fucking Sophie's choices, right? <laughs> I can make Jeff Keighley sad or make Konami happy. Like, I just don't... Mm. I don't know. So that's the list. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Look, I'm, I'm a sucker for award shows. Like, no matter what it is, like, I'll log in sometime if I know there's an award show on. Um, Watch those red carpets. I kind of I kinda do. Mm-hmm. I kind of do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me and my wife, we just kind of sit there and be catty and talk about what people are wearing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing to do, dude. I love that. <laughs> Look, it's 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 my thing. I can see you doing that. You watch the AMAs? I missed it. We were uh we out we were out on a date, and uh, when we got back, I watched Survivor Series, so I missed the uh, American Music Awards. But uh, like, I watched the CMAs. I won't know anybody but Darius Rucker. He's the only person I don't I know. even know who that is. And you know who Darius oh, it was before your time. I know who Blake Shelton is. Apparently, don't know, don't know nothing about no Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, he's the Hootie and the Blowfish <laughs> he's Hootie. guy. Oh, okay, yes, he's Hootie, and the okay, rest cool. of them are cool. the Blowfish. I know, I know who you're talking about. He's the one black person in country music. Hootie and the Blowfish is country more but Terry Strucker is okay yeah he's a country dude yeah I I know who Blake Shelton is uh because apparently he's the sexiest man alive uh, according to a vote made entirely by jars of mayonnaise and sacks of potatoes um <laughs> <laughs> white people eat shit that's white that's that, 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 is, that, is, that is the truest that is the truest story Johnny Depp won that award twice, twice. two times white people ain't shit there are two people on that like list with all the different headshots that they released that are like actually sexy, and those are Channing Tatum, Chris Hemsworth. That's it. There you, you go. need some black people on that list, yo. You yeah, you do. On that list. Uh, I'm waiting for my call. You were 101. Oh, okay. From what, from what I understand, <laughs> you were 101. We just missed it on every single one. Right. So. <laughs> Would have really raised the profile of the show, though. <laughs> Um, well, that that's it for your regularly scheduled video no game content. No, well, because we have to talk about wrestling, so we, we don't cool. usually do it those that's weeks. That's my cue to leave. Well, well I mean, we <laughs> can, you, you can plug stuff before you go. Please do. Uh, plug your Twitch. Plug yeah, your book. I, I, hope, I hope to be streaming more. Uh, thanks to those of you who are regular listeners to the show. There are a few of you who did donate to 
my extra life this year, I raised uh, like $540 for the Johns Hopkins Children's Center in Baltimore. So that's neat. Uh, that beats last year's total by about 100 bucks. So hopefully I can do that again next year and raise like 600 some odd dollars. Um, yeah, twitch.tv slash uh, Um That's my Twitch. Hoping to do some more sort of like week day afternoon streams weekday evening streams um but it's the holiday season so who the fuck knows if i'm actually going to have time to do that but yeah at least hit that follow button on my twitch so that you can see when i'm streaming and buy my book um you can buy it off of amazon densepixels.com slash amazon and put in the overstreet guide to collecting video games and uh that'd be cool yes that's about it Time um, for me to leave so and, you all can talk well, about Well, I mean, we, we do housekeeping first <laughs> oh, before we talk about the wrestling. So Dense Pixels Brad is my Twitch name. Uh, Micah is Dense Black Nerd. Terrence is Apparition 410, uh, the most active out of the four of us, for sure. Uh, DensePixels.com slash fans if you are not part of our Facebook group. So you can get into those lively discussions that we're having every single day. Uh, make sure you leave us a five-star review on iTunes like Kadeem did. We will read it on the air, and we certainly appreciate that. Uh, at Dense Pixels, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And then, of course, subscribe to the podcast either on iTunes, Google Play Music, or any other podcatcher that you choose. Uh, so those of you that do not like the professional graps, feel free to bow out now. For the rest of you, listen to our review of WWE Survivor Series 2017. So this uh, this past Sunday, Survivor Series 2017 came to you live from insert sponsor name here arena in Houston, Texas. <laughs> and uh, the, the of Toyota course, Center. That was a Toyota Center. I couldn't I honestly couldn't remember. Um, they this was the first time that I can recall that or at least in recent memory where every single match was a was a Raw versus Smackdown match. And they're making a big deal about uh, seeing who who is going to have brand superiority, almost as if we resurrected the old bragging rights pay per view uh, from from back when this ter- this turned out much better than any bragging rights pay per view ever did. That's for sure. Um, seven matches on the card tonight, Micah. What did you think overall of the show? I thought it was an excellent, a good time. Um, dare I say the best one of the year? It's 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 always so hard remember. to remember back to the earlier ones. I can't remember, and probably it might be because I'm so high off of this one. Like I had such a good time with this one that uh, I want to, you know, my instant reaction is to declare it the best one of the year. Right? I had a really really good time watching this. Um, this was uh, this was a pretty great pay per view. Um, the ending, I, I, I whatever. We'll get to um, it. Um, I like I said, I as as bad as the decision was to end the show the way they did, uh, the way it was executed was was tip top. So it, it helped make up for a lot of the bad decision making. I think with that, yeah. But yeah, every match, every match was interesting to me and was uh, uh, pretty goddamn good. Uh, yeah, I loved it. 
Um, we start off with the match that I was most looking forward to on the evening, and that is the the two best stables, arguably, in WWE history, uh, squaring off for the first time that I can recall. It is the first time, isn't it? Yep. Okay. Uh, this, of course, is The Shield, representing Raw, versus The New Day, representing SmackDown. Um, I wasn't too shocked that they decided to go with this match first. Uh, good way to get the crowd amped up. And look, the uh, the, the the Texas crowd. I give them a solid uh, a solid A minus. I think. Yeah, they, they did a good, good job. They were they were there the whole night. Uh, they didn't try to go into business for themselves. Yeah, um, it was solid. It was a good time. Like I said, I only deduct them from a full A because the, you know stop doing Roman Reigns. There's no need for it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so this is how they start. Look, man, I got to tell you, um, as far like like I'm gonna make a most entertaining rankings or like power rankings for most the most entertaining wrestlers not necessarily the best wrestlers not the best technical wrestlers but the ones who i enjoy watching wrestle because of the whole the whole package and one of the top guys on my power rankings is going to be none other than mr big e langston dude that that dude is a performer man like he is a showman and and um he knows exactly what he is he knows exactly what his role is. I I I love that dude. I love all six of those guys, right? All six of those guys know what they're doing. Um, but he is a he is a big man that can fucking move. Uh, he's not afraid to 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 fly if need be. Uh, he's not one of the big men that just do you know one or two moves over and over again. And he's and he's good on the mic, man. Like even when he's even when he's just like. Like being loud, like he's good. I I love that guy, man. Yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. Um he he's probably number two in my power rankings, man. The only the only person I'm gonna put above him is probably Kevin Owens. Probably Kevin yeah. Owens. So yeah. um it was a fun match though. Like I said, there was there wasn't a whole lot of notes um during the match. It was kind of standard fare. And then about two thirds through the match, this thing just broke down into a bunch of nonsense essentially. <laughs> Fell, it, it completely fell apart, but in the most fun way possible. They 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 were basically at the at at each corner, and they uh, as if as if they were on the battlefield. You know, they're about to do battle, and just it's as if someone yelled "charge," and then they just fucking ran. After <laughs> and, and like I said, you just ev- everyone got a finisher in. Everyone got a finisher. Um, I thought the match might have been over when when they hit a double midnight hour on both Rollins and Ambrose simultaneously. Yeah, <laughs> with Reigns incapacitated on the outside. Um, the way the match did end, however, was a a shield power bomb from the top rope. Yeah, onto a super Messer, onto Mister Kofi Kingston. A super shield power bomb. I had a feeling that um, that uh, the shield was going to take this. Um, but I am, I'm not mad at anything that happened in this, in this match. Uh, I know people give Roman Reigns a lot of shit, but like, like you said, there's no reason to boo him, especially right now. Mm -hmm. Like when he's literally the exact same thing that you were cheering a few years ago, like he's, he's just the big guy in the shield now, right? Like the reason he got that push is because you all loved him there. And that's his role now. So I like this match was great, man. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. And and I gotta say, also across the card tonight, 
this was the night where even everyone that lost still looked like a million dollars. Yeah. At the end of the night, which is which you don't always see all the time. And they and by the way, they were keeping track of the score um, throughout the night. So if you're keeping track at home, it is Raw one, SmackDown zero. Um, next up was the women's Survivor Series elimination match. Uh, featuring Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. I'm not going to pretend to remember all 10, 10 folks that were in the match. We'll, we'll talk about them all throughout. Um, this one was another one that uh, I kind of knew how it was going to end up front because they were going to probably use this opportunity to make Asuka look like a complete beast. Yep. And they absolutely did. That's exactly yeah. what happened. <laughs> um, so you get Bailey rolling up Becky Lynch very early in the match and and getting her pinned on a roll-up, one, two, three. So SmackDown's team captain has gone within a couple of minutes. Yeah, two minutes. Here. Yeah, it didn't last very long for her. Um, Bailey, of note in this match, was given like a pep talk by Stephanie McMahon before before the team came out. And she's like, you know, no more hugs. Like, this is war. And Bailey did uh, fight a much more aggressive style uh, than she normally does in this match. Uh, do you think they're sowing the seeds for a uh, a Bailey turn? I don't think you could ever see that, honestly. Like she's one of those people that I can't, I cannot, I can't picture her working as a heel, and I don't think it would benefit anyone to have her working as a heel. I agree. I don't. Bailey is okay on the mic. I don't know if she has the mic skills to be a heel. Like you can get away with a lot as a heel if you know how to talk, mm-hmm. or if you have a really good manager. And um, I don't think I don't think Bailey has it in her mm-hmm. to 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 do it. But I'm always curious, you know, when I see stuff like that, you know, the 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 I always wonder if they're sowing the seeds for something like that. Yeah, um, she did not last much longer though because she got hit with a with a vicious Carmella super kick and followed by a spl- a top rope splash. From Tamina Snuka, so she's out of it. So it's we're we're back to even. Um, one of the one of the matchups that everyone was looking forward to uh, was the Simone on Simone crime uh, hoss fight between Tamina and Nia Jax. Um, you had uh, you had uh, they had a dual headbutt, which of course, if you know anything about professional wrestling, uh, a headbutt uh, to a Samoan wrestler is it's not effective. Yeah, what are you but, what are you doing? Right, but when but when two Samoans headbutt each other, apparently it's incredibly devastating. <laughs> uh, frank, frankly, I'm sure I'm shocked there wasn't like a megaton level explosion you know, that happened. A la uh, when Dutch and Dylan high five each other and come in uh, Predator for the first time after seeing each other for a while. But unfortunately, uh, as as Naya was in the process of putting putting Tamina away, Lana jumped up on the apron to distract her. And you ended up getting about three super kicks from Tamina, which eventually knocked her out of the ring, and she would get counted out. So, so Nia is gone. SmackDown now has the edge. Now, this is where, this is where something kind of crazy happens. So Naomi from Team SmackDown pinned the Raw Captain Alicia Fox, but it looked like a ref botch, kind mm. of, because it wasn't very clear when the pinfall was made. Like, like everyone thought she kicked out. Um, but then the referee's like, no, no, you're out, you're out. And even the announcers were a little confused <laughs> as well. Um, but immediately after this happens, Sasha Banks jumps into the ring and 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 puts Bayomi down with a bank statement yeah. and she taps out. So um now Carmella, I think if, if anyone like Asuka, of course, was booked to look the best, but if anyone came out of this looking second best, uh, it was definitely Carmella 
who actually in in matching up with Asuka held her own for a decent while. Yeah, I was um, actually uh, I was actually kind of surprised. Well, I and, and and like you said, sowing the seeds, you're probably trying to build her up a little bit so that when she does eventually cash in that briefcase, yep. that she's a credible champion. Yep. Um, every, it was going fairly well for her though until she decided to slap the Empress of Tomorrow. <laughs> Never a good idea. <laughs> um, after that, she got hit with a vicious sidekick from Asuka, and uh, and she was done. So now it's two two. Um, there there is Asuka, and um. Is Oscar and Sasha Banks left for Team Raw? Uh, Tamina and Natalia uh, for Team SmackDown. Um, so Natalia made it out of the bank statement because Tamina came in and made the save. And then she was able to get Sasha Banks into a sharpshooter to tap her out. And so it's Asuka by herself against Tamina and the former SmackDown Live Women's Champion, Natalia. Mm-hmm. Um, Tamina had a, her way with Asuka a little bit, but then she uh, was able to avoid that top rope splash put Tamina into an arm bar to tap her out. Um, and then Natty and Asuka had a nice little battle of submissions going back and forth. Uh, but eventually she, uh, Natalia got put into the Asuka lock. You're not getting out of that. Thank you for bringing back the crossface chicken wing. Asuka, <laughs> one of my favorite submissions. Bob Backlund would be proud. Um, your winner and sole survivor is Asuka. Asuka, and- not only like, like she eliminated the most people. And she, you know, Soul Survivor eliminated the most people. Like, when do you think the the Oscar train is going to uh, be derailed? See, so I, in the Monday Night Flaw um, comment thread for Survivor Series, I asked that very question: Who do you like? Do you think that anyone that's currently on the main roster could take her out and dethrone her? Um, and that's a tough question to answer, man. Like, like there's maybe Charlotte. Is the only person that I could that I could conceivably see? That would be a hell of a match. That would be a that would be a great match. But uh, yeah, right now I think you're right. But with them being on split brand, well, I guess they could do whatever, right? But when do they usually they usually shake it up after WrestleMania, right? Typically, yeah. Okay. So. Um, all right. Well, look for Oscar to remain undefeated until <laughs> until <laughs> at least April. So start calling her Lady Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yes, it rolls up to you nothing. Um. They they do a backstage segment with Stephanie McMahon and Daniel Bryan being quite amicable to one another, despite the fact that you know that whole trying to ruin Daniel Bryan's career thing that Stephanie McMahon did a few years ago. <laughs> Continuity of the storyline, people. Come on. Um, I, I I made a note though because I had to point out that Daniel Bryan's combination um, of a blazer over top of a Henley shirt is a fashion faux pas, and I'm a little disappointed that the fashion police were not issuing citations for that uh, for that little one there. I did not care for that, Micah. That's a, that's a little too hippie for my liking. Yeah, in I'm, I'm, style. I'm looking at it now. It is not. Uh, it is not. It does not look good. Um, it looks, not at all. Yeah, it, it doesn't. He's not. He's not wearing it. No one can really rock that, <laughs> right? Yeah, not not at all. Ugh. Not at all. It wasn't a great blazer either to to to, to boot. So yeah, it looks like he got it off the rack. Come on, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> you, can, you can have stuff tailored, man. 
So uh, next up was the battle of secondary champions. Uh, Baron Corbin, the United States champion on SmackDown, taking on The Miz, the Intercontinental champion on Raw. Um, I like how Baron Corbin is the lone wolf, but he's totally in. Like he's totally team blue for SmackDown, wearing the SmackDown, <laughs> the SmackDown T-shirt and leading the charge and Monday Night Raw and, and all that, and like getting hype at the pep rally with Shane McMahon. I'm like, it's that's, that's weird. So that's, that's the only thing I don't like about these brand war pay per views is that the heels aren't quite as heelish as yeah. they as they totally could be. All of a sudden, they're like, you know, they're like all corporate. Right. <laughs> Go team. Um, Mike, I think a I think a question needs to be asked, and the answer is is one to think about. Where where does the Miz now rank amongst the greatest intercontinental champions? Um because he has to be high, doesn't he? He has to he he has to be he has he is spoken of, he has to be spoken of uh within like uh, I don't know, maybe within the top five. Um, he is, I remember, man, I, I remember watching the real world back to New York and seeing this guy do his fake rock impression, uh, calling himself the Miz. And I'm like, wow, this guy's really corny, but I kind of like him because he's into the stuff that I'm into. And to see this guy develop from, from what he was to what he is now. Like I'm super happy for the dude, right? Because he's one of the best wrestlers that they have on the roster in terms of overall talent to me. Um, you know, there's more to wrestling than just uh the physical act. You know what I mean? He he is the Miz is the Miz is pretty damn great, man. He knows exactly what he is, and he does it to a T. He is able to uh, keep himself relevant, mm-hmm. uh, and he's able to keep this secondary championship relevant. Like, because normally people don't give a fuck about about uh, the Intercontinental and the U.S. title. I certainly don't give a fuck about the U.S. title, uh, and I don't give a fuck about the guy who's wearing it. But. Um, yeah, man, the Miz. The Miz is pretty. I mean, uh, you know, no pun intended. He's pretty awesome. I, I think that's. I think he's a classic example of a guy who got too much success too early. Yeah. Before he really figured it out. Yeah. And and I think that for I think I think after the whole WrestleMania thing, um, he started to really put the pieces together. And now, like he, like that, that dude's got to win a world title at some point, man. Yeah, I was gonna, like, I was gonna, to. I was gonna ask you when does when does the the title run for? Oh, let 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 him be the one to knock off Brock Lesnar. Could Holy you imagine? <laughs> I'm not saying he's got to do it clean, but I, but like like, could you imagine yeah, how man. amazing his character could be if he was <laughs> the one to to take the Universal Championship off of Brock Lesnar? Oh man! I look. Now that you said it, I wanted to happen. Like <laughs> this is what I want to happen, man. Holy shit! Like I said, it'd be amazing. But we need we need to get to the match. Um, so Corbin was really going in on Maurice, um, Mrs. Uh, pregnant wife, who was happened to be at ringside for this match. Uh, they cut a few promos between each other on social media as well. Uh, so Miz kind of got to work as a borderline face for the first time. Ever? 
Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those it's one of those uh anti heels, you know what right. I mean? Or or anti faces. Like it's it, and you know, you don't mess with a man's wife, man. You don't yeah, that's just not something you do in the words of Booker T. You know what I mean? And and I'm like, all right, is this what's happening now? But at the same time, like he's still that chicken shit fucking like I, I, I still got my I still got my my two guys out here interfering in the match. Right, and- right, and doing all that stuff. Now, and, and I, I do appreciate the fact that they did, they told, they kept it simple for this match. They told a simple story within the match with uh, Miz targeting Baron Corbin's knee mm-hmm. and, and going to work on that. I think he got chop blocked by, um, by Bo Dallas at some point as well. Um, you know, he put him in the figure four and all that jazz. Um, it still tickles me to death that Miz uses Daniel Bryan's. <laughs> repertoire of moves <laughs> even though he's not even on the same show as daniel bryan anymore and i also appreciate that Corey graves plays the role of heel announcer saying you know, we call these the it kicks here on raw <laughs> <laughs> the running drop kick made popular by the by by the must-see superstar is. <laughs> i love that shit um and while he was doing said drop kicks as he was running into the corner um, they, uh, Baron Corbin comes out, catches him in the in the end of days finisher, and pins him, uh, getting one on the board for SmackDown. Uh, I still think Miz looked really good, even in defeat. Oh, I think he looked incredible, and I think this is the only way you could have really done this match if they are trying to pump up uh, Baron Corbin for us. Um, like I'm not a huge Baron Corbin fan. Uh, I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what the brass sees in him quite yet. Uh, he has an interesting look, but like the Miz says, you're just another generic big man that'll be gone in two years. Like, right. I, <laughs> like I, like I get that feeling, man. We'll see. Like I said, at least they're at least he's a heel, though. So that when the crowd turns on him, they uh, it, it'll be it'll be warranted. Yeah. Um. Next up was the tag team champions versus tag team champions match. The bar. Uh, who are the Raw Tag Team Champions against the Usos, who are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Uh, of course, the Usos cut a vicious promo uh, coming out to the ring, as they are one to do. Still a little awkward, that line of welcome to the Uso, Uso Penitentiary. It doesn't make sense. Look, look, I'm not going to deny the Usos their talent. Um, and this gimmick that they have of being black dudes is working for them. But, uh, like... They, I, I, I'm having, I'm still having difficulty. Like they don't have enough bass in their voice to pull this off. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, yo! Like you're trying a little too hard, man. Like, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. It, 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 and them wearing the, uh, them wearing their uh, colors with the, with the uh, like little frayed bottom of their shirts like it it looks like they're halfway in between their two gimmicks now (laughs) (laughs) you know so it just doesn't and they're wearing white now they were wearing white in the match i don't know if that's because you know this was a a, one of the big four uh, pay-per-view events you get to wear something different or i don't know if this is uh, a subtle visual cue of um of a possible turn yeah, I'm all conspiracy theorists when it comes to. The no, you just pay you pay attention. You're a smart guy, but it, it's before. 
Yeah, like I've like I've seen this stuff before. To, to, to me, they uh, to me they were white because they were representing SmackDown, which is like the blue and white brand. Basically, that's that's what I inferred from it. Yeah. So well, I gotta be honest. So that, not that the match was bad, but it didn't really like n- like nothing crazy was happening, right? Like it didn't it didn't hold my attention span for for the vast majority of it. Like it was kind of a the match you'd expect to see between these two teams, right? Is yeah. what I felt like you kind of saw. Um, where I where I paid attention, where it, where it, where it peaked me up a little bit, is when I saw that Tower of Doom Samoan drop. Yeah, <laughs> uh, from the top rope that looked pretty damn cool. And then the ending um, was one of the coolest things I've ever seen, and I'm actually shocked that we've never seen it before. So to set the stage for you guys, Sheamus is in the ring. Uh, Cesaro's just been tossed to the outside. Both Usos are in the ring. They each deliver a super kick to Sheamus and then hit him with a simultaneous super kick. And then one of the Uso, the, the legal Uso brother, looks outside the ring, sees Cesaro stirring, but he knows that they have Sheamus dead to rights. So he runs toward his partner, dives over the top rope to splash Cesaro on the outside. But as he's diving over the top, tags his, his brother into the match who then climbs the top rope and delivers a flying splash to pin Sheamus. One, two, three. That was really fucking cool. Yeah. And like I said, I can't believe we've never seen it before yeah. in a tag team match. But uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the finish. It was very neat. Um, it is now tied two to two between Ross down. Next match is another champions versus champion match it is Alexa Bliss, the Raw Women's Champion versus Charlotte Flair, the newly anointed SmackDown Live Women's Champion. Um, I will say this to you, Micah. Alexa Bliss uh, gets the benefit from some of the best booking in her matches in WWE because she's still kind of figuring out the whole wrestling part. She's, of course, much better you know, than she was a year ago. Yeah. But she's still not up to the level of Charlotte, but they do a great job in producing her matches. And again, case in point for this one, uh, early on in the match, Charlotte injures her ribs and that gives Alexa something to work on uh, during the entire, the entire match, basically. Yeah. They, uh, they played it right because, you know, you just look at, first of all, the look, the, the disparity between, you know, Charlotte and Alexa is, you know, smart money is always going to be on, on Charlotte, right? Like you would think that this would be a squash match, but I like the story that they told, uh, given in my opinion, Alexa's limited abilities, which are, are on full display when you have someone, uh, like Charlotte in the ring with her. Um, but I wasn't I wasn't too upset. I wasn't upset with this match though. No, it was a good match, as a matter of fact. Like I said, it's because that what Alexa Bliss doesn't do well in terms of physicality, she makes up for with the nuanced stuff in the ring, right? Like she knows how to target a body part and she she's very like she has one of the best faces in the business because she has she her face can can tell you a lot without her saying anything, which is which is always good. Um she shit, she even played she even out chicken shit healed a flare in a match. Like she, like she was in the corner begging off later on in that match there. Like that, that shit was phenomenal. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I, I think injuring Charlotte early on was great. Um, a great move. And it gave Alexa a chance to look strong um, against a far more skilled adversary. Yeah. Uh, but no one's surprised here that she, uh, that she avoided a twisted bliss 
um, splash from the top rope and then immediately locked her into the figure eight to get the submission. And SmackDown has come all the way back and leads three to two now in the Survivor Series uh, running tally, yeah. basically. Um, the next match now, I was looking forward to this match, but I didn't know what to expect from this match. So I was cautiously optimistic. Uh, this is the WWE champion AJ Styles on SmackDown wrestling the Universal champion Brock Lesnar from Raw. Um, thank God that they got AJ Styles into this match. Holy shit. By the could way, because you... I could not imagine, <laughs> I could not imagine Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar. Oh my God, man. Uh, uh, this match was pretty damn great. And I was a little worried, like you said, because. Well, I didn't know how they play it. That's, that's always the problem when you get into a Brock Lesnar match, and especially a Brock Lesnar match where his opponent is so undersized compared to him, because you have to find a credible way for you know david to chop down goliath right like and that's and that's that can be tough to do with brock lesnar yeah so they very wisely decided not to fight that fight that uh fight that battle early in the match and aj styles basically took the john cena SummerSlam beatdown (laughs) for the first 10 minutes of this match it was uh it was pretty goddamn glorious there's um this match was so good like you you could see you could see Brock. He was he was still just like like a savage, but Brock looked like he came to play, and and he was because he was in the ring with a guy that knows what he's doing and knows how to make people look good. It was um, it was pretty fucking. It was pretty goddamn great. Like I'm, I'm I have it on here now, and I'm at the point where he's just just being fed to Brock where AJ is being fed to Brock right now. And uh, AJ is doing an incredible job of uh, selling everything that, that Brock is throwing at him. And then they like later on in the match, like AJ starts building offense. And this was, this was great, man. My favorite part of the match was when um, AJ was, had Brock in the calf crusher, right? They're like, oh shit, what's gonna Dude, happen? Brock, Brock Lesnar, <laughs> let me tell you something. Brock Lesnar looked in so much pain during that calf crusher. I thought his calf had diverticulitis. <laughs> that's how that's how painful he made that move look. <laughs> and they're like, how's he gonna get out of it? How's he gonna get out of it? And then he just fucking grabs his head and just bashes his head into the mat. Like, well. That that's a way that's to do it. Way to do it, right? <laughs> um, but a- a- AJ AJ had the upper hand during the during the last third of the match. Basically, um, he did he did hit a phenom- He went for a Styles Clash. That was never gonna that was never gonna happen. Right. Um, he hits a phenomenal forearm, nails him, gets a two count, gets a, gets a long two count. Um, then he wins, goes for a second one, and maybe predictably on the second one gets caught into an F five. Um, Brock Lesnar pins him, but and and again, <sighs> Brock Lesnar is a guy that it's he some some days he deserves a lot of credit and some days he doesn't, right? Like because like some sometimes he cares and sometimes he really couldn't give a couldn't be bothered to give a shit, right? Right. I think this is one of the ones. This more than anything else um, was a was a moment where I'll never forget this because Brock Lesnar, even in victory, the whole way up the ramp sold the shit out of the leg injury 
that AJ Styles cost him. And that's that's respect, man. Like like doing like doing that because because even though AJ lost and got the shit kicked out of him, that makes him look like a million dollars. Yeah, that makes him look like wow. Like he was able to put me through my paces as you know Brock Lesnar. Like ah, he was able to. He was I'm I'm wounded because of this. Right, and mm-hmm. and 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 he's that's not always how it is with him. Right? right. That's not, it's not always that way. So, I mean, it's, it's good to see it. I'm glad that he decided to go that route with it. Um, and, and now they've set up AJ possibly losing his title to Jinder Mahal on Tuesday. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Let me ask you something about, um, about, uh, Brock Lesnar, like this whole Brock Lesnar situation that we have here with him being the champion and him not being on television. Um, pretty much at all in a wrestling ring. Do you, what do you think about this? Do you, are you, are you tired of this? Is this something that, do you want to see him drop it or can you wait till WrestleMania or, uh, what are your, what are your feelings on this? I hate to call it an experiment because it seems to be working, but. So it's, so it's, it's hard, right? Because it's like, he's around enough that, that you don't forget about him. Yeah, but it does kind of devalue that belt a little bit. And like you can make the argument that one of the reasons that the Intercontinental title is so is high profile, not just because of Miz, because it's the highest ranked title that's being regularly defended on Raw. Yeah, like he Brock feels like a a, a Shao Kahn, right? Like a video game boss that you don't really think about. Until it's time for you to fight the boss, you don't see the boss, but and it in terms of story, like people need to be going after the championship, the championship, like it's the whole reason why you're there, you want to be the best. And to have storylines not revolve around it until you know three weeks out of a of a pay per view is just. I, I don't. I don't know. I, well, and, and and look right. Like like there's like the closest corollary you can draw to this is like NWO Hulk Hogan, right? Like NWO Hogan would never defend the the world title except but once in a blue moon. But the difference is he was there every week, and usually right. the guy that they built up to fight him, like that was the that was the journey. Is I need to get to Hulk Hogan. Well, yeah, you're gonna get to Hulk Hogan, but first you got to go through the rest of the NWO basically. And right. so you and so you made the journey about that so that when Hogan did finally defend the belt, it was a huge, it was a huge deal. Um, Now it's just like Brock Lesnar kind of shows up when, when it's convenient around the big events and he'll have his match. And, but you have a limited story build because he's not on every episode of raw and and because he doesn't get physical on every episode of raw. So it's, it's a weird way to build stories. Um, It's, it's, it's working all right, but I do kind of wish that the title was there every week and that yeah. he was a little bit more involved with the build up to these matches instead of just it being, you know, like, 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 like they treat like a prize fight basically, which is, which is okay, but that's not what pro wrestling is, right? Like it's, it's, it's about giving guy the belt to, to fight a guy and, and to make it more personal and that kind of thing. So. Right. What's going to happen if a Raw superstar wins the Royal Rumble? Like, when you win the Royal Rumble, 
you got three months of story that uh, uh, in an ideal world, you got three months of story that you kind of should want to build up to, to have it palpable for WrestleMania. What's going to happen if a raw superstar wins it? Right. And, and you could also say, you know, sit there and say, Oh, you know, Goldberg, uh, you know, they, they were able to make that a big deal leading up to it. Yeah. But because they had three, you know, the previous four months of history to right. draw back on. Yeah. So, and that's, that's how they could make that work. So we'll see how it goes. Um, it'll be, I, I have no idea what's going to happen at the Royal Rumble. So, yeah. so we will, we will see. Um, the main event of the evening, and now that it's tied 3-3, this is for all the marbles, Micah, as they say. Uh, this is the traditional men's Survivor Series elimination tag team match featuring Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Uh, Pearl Harbor job by by Shane McMahon on Braun Strowman. As, as the match was getting ready to start, that was not a good idea <laughs> on his part. Not at all. Um, so I got to tell you, Micah, I, I've said on the show before that I am not the biggest fan of one Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm-hmm. However, the three minutes that he spent in the ring with Finn Balor was probably the most impressed I've been with Shinsuke Nakamura since he's been in WWE. Yeah, like you kind of you kind of get why you know all the the ICW fan, you know, the internet wrestling community is, you know, has a hard on for this guy cuz you don't I've seen a couple of his because I was I was like you I was like what what is the big fucking deal like the guy is in the ring and he looks like he's got Parkinson's with all that fucking gyrating and shit that he's doing but then I went and watched a couple of his old matches and I'm like oh shit like this is a very different style of wrestling that is not in uh, not just WWE but usually like an American style wrestling it's very very different. And that's the disconnect, right? Like he can't do some of the stuff that he does in Japan in the WWE. But I mean, you gotta, you can't, you can't, you could be a fan of the guy all you want, but he's gotta, uh, he's gotta adapt or die, man, because he's, he's not, uh, he's, he's a nice guy to fucking root for and all that, but I don't see him becoming uh, a world champion or anything like that yeah um I, you also got to see a very entertaining couple of minutes between bobby rude and triple h yeah. um <laughs> considering that bobby rude is, ba- is basically triple h for all intents and purposes yeah, pretty much um so again this is this uh, like i said they made everybody look good in this pay-per-view um shinsuke got to look great during this match for the times that he was in the ring, but he was also the first guy eliminated because he, he basically had his way with the raw team uh, until he ran into the, the, the mountain of a man or the, sorry, the monster among men, rather Braun Strowman mm-hmm. uh, who, who flattened him with a running power slam. Uh, he was the first guy gone and not too long afterwards, Bobby Roode also gone from team SmackDown via running power slam. Do you think they, uh, do you think they played it safe too safe? Yes, I do. I, I I do like I said it's you you and I talked about this offline. I think that the what they wanted to accomplish with this main event was starting to lay lay the threads of these stories down that will probably carry them to WrestleMania for a few guys, mm-hmm. and they did it though at the expense of not giving a, enough shine to some of the newer talent that they have that they could have used this as a showcase match yeah. for them. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, this is no slam on John Cena or Randy Orton, but like, what if one of those guys were eliminated early? Right. You know, and give uh, give Bobby Roode an opportunity to to um, hang out a little longer than than uh, what happened. Like, you could still have your you could still have your you know three or four on on one finish with Shane McMahon being on SmackDown, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm playing what if now and that's, you know, absolutely. Um, but so raw five on three and they, and they've got a Braun Strowman. Um, so you, you think that they're in the driver's seat, but of course there's dissension in the ranks. Finn Balor and Samoa Joe can't get along. Triple H and Kurt Angle can't get along. Um, so that gives SmackDown an opening, uh, which we got to see the entire SmackDown team, including the eliminated guys, uh, combined to suplex Braun Strowman through the German announce table <laughs> as he screamed nine nine nine. Do you think that? Um, do you think that there's like a there's like a, a, a slight hazing that goes on with the other announced with the foreign. <laughs> well, that, now that all the new announced teams are here, they have to get their tables broken. The Spanish yeah. guys are like, we've, we've been doing this for long enough. SA, like, <laughs> no, no, more, no more breaking our table. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I've been tabled. No, German, German guys. So. My grasp on foreign language is strong. Um, so this is where John Cena finally uh, got to showcase himself um, in the fight a little bit. And uh, basically him and Samoa Joe, which is a match I wouldn't mind seeing uh, a full one of one of these yeah. days. They had, they had some nice back and forth. Um, and, and Finn Balor seemed poised to deliver the coup de grace to John Cena. But Joe tagged himself back in. Um, and these two are now just all out fighting with each other. Uh, which led to both of them getting AA. And actually, Joe took two, and then he was pinned by John Cena. Uh, so he so he is gone. Uh, the first member, or sorry, is the uh, no. It's now like what is it five to two? It is. Um, or no, Joe's gone. It's the first first member of Raw. Yeah, so it's now it's four to Raw three. Raw. It's four to three. Um, now we got to see Kurt Angle and John Cena. I man, I feel I don't need to see Kurt Angle wrestle. Man, he yeah. looks so. He looks so I, I feel bad for him because like it's it struck me during his entrance. Like normally, like and of course missing the pyro is kind of a kind of a big deal yeah. from his entrance. But he I like I was waiting for him to be on the ramp, you know, doing the like two fingers up in the air. He just he can't do that anymore because of his neck. Yeah, he just looks like he just looks like an old man now. And it 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 I mean I made a joke about the whole make a wish thing being on the shield, you know, at the last pay-per-view, but this this you could really feel it, you know. Uh, well, and, and and they're being careful, but it's obvious that they're being careful. That's the problem yeah. is that he's being very safe, um, and and it just it's annoying because it's he's going to end up in like a WrestleMania match of some stature, and I'm just worried about like it's not going to be a good match because they they have to take care of him, which they should. Right, and that's the thing. Like, not even that it's not going to be a good match. Like, I don't want to see the guy get injured. Right, you know what I mean, like. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's got, I want to go metal with a broken freaking neck. Well, you might not be able to survive another one. So, yeah, right. you know, <laughs> I just, just, I, I really, I've seen it now. You know what I mean? I've seen Kurt Angle wrestle. I've seen him wrestle in the red, white, and blue. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't need, uh, 
don't need him in Pennsylvania but uh so eventually John Cena begins the five moves of doom um and he gets to move four which is of course the five knuckle shuffle but Kurt Angle is able to counter this um and eventually you get a combination where Angle Slam followed immediately by a coup de gras from Finn Balor and another Angle Slam from Kurt Angle and perhaps shockingly John Cena is eliminated about halfway through the match yeah, it is four two. It is four two raw. So like yeah, again, they are they are they are on cruise control at this point. So now it's down to Randy Orton and Shane McMahon for SmackDown. Of course, Randy Orton going to be doing the 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 lion's share of the work, mm-hmm. as one would expect. Oh, uh, Randy Orton, by the way, one of the best Survivor Series performers of all time. Hmm. In case anyone was not aware, um, so he's wrestling Finn Balor. Another match I wouldn't mind seeing. Yeah, Randy Orton Finn Balor. They had some good chemistry, I felt like. Um, but you saw Randy Orton uh, avoid a coup de grace from Finn Balor and then immediately pop up and give him an RKO. So Balor is gone. And then uh, and now it's um, it's Orton fighting with, was it, tri- it was Triple H, wasn't it? They brought in Triple H. You get to yeah. revive that old rivalry yep. from back when. Um, but Randy Orton is crawling towards the corner later on. He's been beaten down a little bit. Shane McMahon's there, ready to receive a tag. Just as Orton is about to tag McMahon, though, out comes the two finest gentlemen on SmackDown Live <laughs> and, 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 and inexplicably left off of the main show. They were on the pre-show, but not the main show. We're, of course, framing the, the, the dashingly handsome Kevin Owens <laughs> and, his, and his new friend, Sami Zayn, and they attack Shane McMahon, uh, who they blame for all of the misery that has befallen them these past couple of weeks. Yeah. And um, uh, I was waiting for that. Yeah, yeah. It's, you felt it coming, right? You felt yeah. it coming. Um, eventually, Shane would fend them off with a steel chair, <laughs> yeah, uh, which, which he could funny, do man. because because he uh, he they were not in the match, so he can hit them with a chair all he wants. <laughs> um, Kevin Owens retreated to the ring um, to get away from Shane with the chair, but he received an RKO for his troubles. And then Shane McMahon was able to beat um, Sami Zayn up the ramp. However, in the midst of all this, recovered from his his five person suplex is Braun Strowman, who tags into the match and then nails Randy Orton with a running power slam. And now it is just Shane McMahon left against the team of Strowman, Kurt Angle, and Triple H. And he realizes it, and he realizes he's like he even tried to get in the ring with the chair. And Jay came by and was like, no, you can't do that. And took the chair, <laughs> took the chair away from him. Good job, Jay. Following the rules. Right. <laughs> um, but again, despite a 3-1 advantage, these guys can't figure out what to do. Like, Strowman was in the ring. He was the legal man. Triple H tagged him in. He's like, it's going to be me that puts down my brother-in-law. I'm doing this for my wife. It's the whole reason I'm here. I'm going to do it. And then he's he's getting ready to fight Shane. Kurt Angle tags himself in and says, "I'm the captain. Like I I, I need to I need to to do this to redeem myself in Stephanie's eyes. Like I got to get this done." And Angle has his way with Shane McMahon. Like like yeah. he had his way, and he puts him in an ankle lock. And Shane kept crawling the ropes, and Angle kept dragging him back and crawling and dragging him back, and he got it. And just when you thought that Shane was going to tap out, all of a sudden Triple H comes in to the ring. Kicks Angle in the stomach, pedigrees him, and throws Shane McMahon on top. One, two, three. Angle is eliminated via his own partner. And now, only the stupidest of us 
thought that maybe Triple H was in cahoots no, with Shane McMahon. I, uh, no, I, that was that was ridiculous. Right? Well, and and so and and to that point, like Braun Strowman looks incredulous on on the ring apron, like what the fuck just happened? And then Kurt, like Triple H, is staring him down. He's staring down Braun Strowman. Shane eventually recovers from his beatdown. And Triple H, you know, is, has his arm around Shane. He's pointing at Braunstrom. He's like, we're going to do this. And all of a sudden, of course, the Cerebral Assassin turns t- turns coats, hits, kicks Shane, pedigrees him, one, two, three. And Team Raw has won the Survivor Series. Um, and then after the match, like, like, and, and Braunstrom played this off really well because he looked like, like Triple H is celebrating. He's happy. Like, he's like, yeah, we did it. We did it. We did it. And Braunstrom wouldn't take his eyes off of Triple H. Yeah. And he, and he had the skepticism of like you really think I'm going to fucking trust you. Right. He's like I've seen these shows before. Right. And then so like I said, whereas the ending was shaky, this part was great because eventually he grabs Triple H by the throat and and takes him over to the corner and screams him if you ever do anything like this to me, if you ever try to cross me again, he's going to be the last thing you ever do. And meanwhile Triple H Yo, I thought he was about to cry. Dude, he was selling the <laughs> shit out of that. He looked he looked terrified. And they had a real close like camera angle of his face. Like he was like 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 the lip quivering and like some tears welling up in his eyes. Like he looked positively scared. Well, I think he was scared because when Braun Strowman was screaming, some some spittle came out of his <laughs> mouth and was hanging off his beard. And I'm like, I was scared for Triple H. I was like, please don't let that fall on me. Please don't let that fall. On and me. and as Braun Strowman walked away, Triple H now, of course, the fear morphs into anger for for Hunter, and he he attempts to, he he turns Strowman around, attempts to give him a pedigree, uh, but to no avail. And then he's picked up and flattened with a running power slam from Braun Strowman. And that is how we ended the show with Triple H flat on the mat. And uh, and we will see how that plays itself out on Monday Night Raw. And for those of you that did not see, by the way, because they didn't show this on YouTube or anything, but a couple fans recorded on their cell phones, Triple H sold the shit out of that beating even after the cameras were off. Like he, oh, wow. like St- Stephanie came down to the ring. Um, You know, she was working. She's like, come on, get up, get up. He, he, so he stands up, right? And then he takes a step forward and does like a flare flop. <laughs> so that, so that, oh, oh, we're not done. We're not done. So then later on, like he, like she's leaving the ring. He gets up and he like stumbles to his feet and he, and like he like holds his hands up. He's like, yeah. And then like he, he goes to do his pose where he's like, yeah. And does that. As soon as he does that, falls flat on his back, basically. He falls down. <laughs> and, then, and then on his way up the ramp, he turns and waves to he you know turns and like puts his hands up to the crowd like yeah I did it as soon as he turns around and walks right into the stage set basically <laughs> and, and looks dazed. It was very funny. That guy knows what he's doing, man. Right. That guy right. knows what he's doing. You can't be mad at Triple H, man. Like he's not. Uh, this isn't. This isn't the nineties. You know what I mean? Like he's not. Everything he does is for a reason, man. And he's he. That's funny. <laughs> so like I said, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see where this goes. I don't. I don't believe um, it's going to culminate in a Triple H Braun Strowman match. I can't see that. Um, What's more likely is that Triple H and Stephanie try to make life very difficult for Braun Strowman and possibly recreate or not recreate, but possibly take inspiration from the Daniel Bryan push with a guy who's seven feet tall and weighs 350 pounds. Yeah. But, uh, but we'll see. Like I said, the ending 
not the greatest. I don't think anyone really wanted to see Triple H, you know, celebrating his his earned victory in the middle of the ring in 2017. I get it, but it's it was done for a to serve a greater purpose down the road, which we don't see the end of the roadmap yet. So, yeah. but like I said, I, I thought the event was very fun, um, and and it was a great time. And now I'm looking forward to getting to the Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, I um. I concur. This was uh, this was a really really fun pay per view. You know, pay per view is fun when I immediately want to watch it again. Yep. And uh, that's exactly what happened in this case. Um, yeah, I I I was super excited for it. So uh, we'll we'll see. I I think the next big one. I think the next good one will be, like you said, the Royal Rumble, just because. They'll probably have, you know, heavy hitters, all their heavy hitters, just like they did with this pay-per-view. All the huge, like, super big names. And even people who weren't super big were able to participate through the traditional Survivor Series matches. So, um, yeah, I always loved the Big Four, and this one did not disappoint. That was It was good. And like I said, I don't... I don't mind the brand versus brand thing because I said it's only once a year. Um, it makes this event somewhat special if that's the theme that they're going to go with. Yeah. Um, from now on, so I say, yay! Like I said, go for it and uh, and bring it back, and 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 I'll look forward to it because this was a lot of fun. Like I said, even though it didn't do much to advance storylines, it was just a fun pay per view, and that's okay sometimes. It's, it's not bad to have those storyless uh, pay per views. Yep. Yep. So, uh, well, that is it for us. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we know you enjoy when we do these big four breakdowns, um, and we enjoy doing them because, like I said, we still love the wrestling. It's still a good time. And uh, and special props to Velveteen Dream. That was <laughs> I mean, a lot like, of fun to watch. That was a really good match, man. That was fun to watch, man. It's like a it's got like a Rick Rude meets Prince thing going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, he, he he was blatantly taken. The Rick Rude. Yeah, with the stuff. whole... Yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he, he had a rude awakening on him yeah. during the match. So, so it, was it was a good time. Good time. Real good time. So, all right, y'all. We'll talk to you later next week. See ya. See ya. <laughs>